0: Praise the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you for what you've already done in preparing our hearts, Lord, and ministering to us this morning, Lord. And Father God, we're here to bless and exalt your name, Father God. We're here, Father God, to commune with you and to and to bless you and to receive from you. And so, Father, I just thank you for every surrendered heart. I thank you, Father God, for Every yielded vessel here this morning, Father God, who is here hungering for you, thirsting for your, for more of your spirit, hungering for more of your truth, Father God. And I thank you for the work that you're doing in each and every one of us, Lord, conforming us into the image of Christ Jesus. You're not done with any of us. And you've not abandoned any of us. Thank you for your love, Father God. Thank you for your working in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I may do this a little clumsily today because this is not my field of expertise, but um, I felt led to talk along the lines of seasons this morning. Ecclesiastes 3:1 says that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. We know we have the four seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. We know every year those are going to happen. There's nothing we can do anything about that. We understand that in the natural, but how many of you know there's also seasons of life? And you really can't do anything about that either. It's gonna happen. It's not a matter of if, but when. And the concept of seasons involves constant transition and change. Now, we may feel differently about each season, we may love one season and hate another, but each season has a purpose. Each season Has a benefit. I'm gonna get a little facetious here. Don't you sometimes wish you could change seasons on demand? (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? I could have a little weather remote, and, and whenever I got tired of a certain season, I could take my remote and change the season to whichever one I desired. If only, if only. But it doesn't work that way, does it? Seasons come and go when they come and go. Seasons last as long as they last. They change when they change. And we can't do a doggone thing about it. And I hate it. you know what really ticks me off? I want to be honest. <laughs> you know what really ticks me off sometimes about seasons? When it seems like they're playing knock, knock, run or, or ding, dong, ditch, which happens a lot. And see, how many of you remember that game? People just ring your doorbell and knock on your doorbell. By the time you get there, they run off and hide. They're pranking you you you, frustrating you, and boy, if you ever catch him. When it seems like one of those doggone seasons is ringing my doorbell and running, playing games with me just to get under my skin. You know the season I get pranked in the most? Winter. Not a fan of it. It's my least favorite season. It seems it never ends. It just won't go away when you're in it. Almost as soon as winter starts, I can't wait for it to be over. I don't like being cold. And in Oklahoma, it can get cold. Bone chilling, cold. Cold. My attitude makes me the perfect pranking target for spring or summer. That's who pranks me. It's like they ring my wintry doorbell, leave a little warm weather care package on my doorstep. And so I take the, I, open, I answer the door, I take the care package and I open it. Sunshine and warm breeze emanates for the care, from the care package. And I'm thinking, this is really nice. In the middle of winter, we got one we got a day here with 70 degrees. <laughs> this is really nice. But when I find out that the joker who left it only put one day's worth in there, <laughs> <laughs> then I wish the care package had never come. You know that? Because now I'm longing for those warm weather seasons all the more. I got a taste of it. It's only a few hours. It was only a day. A reprieve in the middle of the cold, bitter, sorry winter. And then in Oklahoma, right after that one day of reprieve, the next week could be even colder and more bitter than it was before that day. So it not only teases you, it then hits you twice as hard on the back end. And I get all mad at winter because I don't like winter anyway. I say stuff like, I wish winter would make up his mind. If it's going to be cold, stay cold. Either stay here, stay cold, or get out of the way and let it be spring and summer all year round. Am I the only one that thinks like that? (laughs) <laughs> but it ain't the winter that's messing with me. It's those naughty doggone spring and summer months. They're the ones knocking on my door. Knowing that I want Leave Leaving me just a little bit. Teasing me. Running and hiding. And I can't do a doggone thing about it. But despite my feelings, and despite my attitude against winter, I want to encourage you today that all seasons, including winter, play an important role in the ability of various, I'll say plant life, to grow, mature, and be fruitful. How things look above the surface Oftentimes can be deceiving because if you just looked at things above the surface, it looks like summer, spring, life, winter, death. But that's not always the case. There is life in the winter. Now, it may be just underneath the surface. You may have to dig a little deep to see it, but it's there. And there are things that happen in the winter that need to happen in order for many plant life to be able to germinate and produce and bud and flower and, and, and be fruitful in the spring when it's time to bear fruit. If that germination doesn't happen in the winter, there's no fruit bearing in the spring. Did you know that? I know Greg did. I know Marty did, I know Leanne, I know I know there are certain people here that knows that. I didn't know that. So allow me to challenge your paradigm a little bit this morning. If you don't mind. Now, I just said in the natural, there are things that happen in every season that's important for the cycle of life to continue to go. For seed-bearing trees and plants and everything to bear more seed, to reproduce after itself. And the life cycle of each and every individual living organism in the plant community is affected and is needed, is need, in need of what each season, season has to offer. You know the same is true concerning us in the seasons of life that we encounter. Y'all be truthful, y'all are like me. In the spirit, we want air we want our whole lives to be spring and summer. We just want to bear fruit every prayer to be answered. You know, everything we touched to turn to gold. You know, we just want to walk. Down the aisle, and people touch the hem of our garment, and everybody's healed and set free and delivered. Everybody amens every word the preacher says. Life in abundance everywhere, but but, but we live in the real world, don't we? Our walk with the Lord isn't always like that. And our mindset a lot of times is, hey, God is pleased with me. I'm in a good place with God whenever the abundance, whenever the fruit is bearing, whenever life is teeming. But when it gets a little chilly, it gets a little cold. The life ain't so obvious. We're like, where's God? What did I do wrong? Why does does God not like me anymore? He loves you the same in winter as he does in summer, but there's a work that needs to take place in us in those winter seasons that can only take place in the winter. Now, your time to be fruitful will happen again your season for being fruitful your season for teeming with life will happen again but you know how many of you know there's a time of rest how many of you know there's a time where it looks like you're dormant spiritually but you're not really dormant spiritually you're 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 growing roots your roots are growing deeper above the surface on the outside that everybody can see it doesn't appear that life is going on but there is life underneath And if we will allow the Lord to do what the Lord has purposed to do, he will grow that root system. He'll make sure that we're nourished under the surface. He'll make sure that that whatever is needed for us to germinate so that we can bear fruit in fruit bearing season happens if we let him. Y'all with me? Every season of life works together for our good. Every season of life has the ability to enable us to grow, mature, and bear fruit. In the natural, the winter season is in our rearview mirror right now. It's springtime. Things are turning green, budding, blooming, teeming with life. But maybe that's not the season you're in right now spiritually. Maybe maybe the current season doesn't mirror your season. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> I, I think I got a few relating to that. Maybe your soul is in the midst of a winter season and you've been spending the bulk of your time Lamenting the season you're in and longing for springtime and harvest. Come on now. You see other people enjoying springtime in their lives, God likes them, and you wonder why not me? Why is God so distant? What did I do? Why can't it just be springtime all the time for me? Why has got to be springtime for Mike and wintertime for me? I'm nicer than he is. (laughs) I am, though. (laughs) and that's where i want to i feel like the lord wants to challenge our paradigm is that the same god that gave his only begotten son for us you know the same jesus that died on that cross for us the same god that reconciled us through his son is he doesn't change with the seasons He doesn't love me in spring and summer, you know, cools on me a little bit in the autumn and wants nothing to do with me in the winter. My seasons in life have nothing to do with his love for me, you know, as far as him not loving me. His love doesn't change. Now, those of you, how many horticulturists, gardeners, woods people do we have in here? (laughs) All right, now okay. Scratch the woods, people. <laughs> but those of you who are serious, you, you you know your stuff. You plant stuff. You plant vegetables, fruit. You, I mean, you get flowers, all that stuff. You guys understand seasons, right? And there are certain things that's going to happen in season, no, no, no matter what you want. Right now, think about it. Do you love the flowers that you plant? Do you love them any more in the spring than you do any other time of the year? Do they mean more to you? Now, they're in a different phase. They're blooming. You know, they smell nice. They're beautiful. But didn't you have to do things? before that beautiful time in order to make that beautiful time possible the more I got to reading into this stuff the more my mind got to to be blown did you know some seeds must be exposed to winter slash cold conditions in order for them to germinate and bear fruit in the appropriate season They, they, they need it you know they, they they need to experience the fluctuations in temperatures they need to be taken they'll they'll put them in pots they'll put them in some kind of medium like compost or something put it outside protect it because you don't need, they don't want it to get frozen but there are certain changes in temperature that need to occur in order for that seed to germinate if that does not happen it will not germinate and it will not bear fruit. Even in the season where it's supposed to bear fruit, it will stay dormant when it is not supposed to be dormant. And as I began to read that, I began to think about us in the spirit. And I got to focus in on, you know, pray for me. I still need a lot of prayer to change my attitude on winter. And that's probably why the Lord spoke to me along these lines because my attitude about winter in the natural, you know, I think reflects a lot of our attitudes toward that, that winter season in our lives. We don't want it. We don't like it. We don't want to have anything to do with it. We just want it over with. And we so don't want it over with. All we're thinking about springtime. God wants to do a work in that season, a needful work. A work that's going to make me be a better man of God. A work that's going to make me more like Christ. A work that's going to make me more fruitful if I allow that work to take place. Are you with me? And the same is true for you. That process is called stratification. And I hope I gave an accurate description of stratification. Is that that about right? Stratification. You know, there is another... And I'm all, already almost finished in preacher terms. There is another process that needs to happen called scarification. Have you ever heard the term, that's a tough nut to crack? Well, <laughs> some seeds. Have the outer shell that is so tough. Moisture that they need in order to germinate and eventually bear fruit can't get in there. And so the gardener, I'll just say the gardener, the gardener has to, has to get something, whether it's a file or a little sandpaper, mild sandpaper, whatever, and you have to scar up the surface. You have to breach it a little bit so that moisture can get in it and it can germinate so that it can grow my goodness God says rejoice in those fiery trials I didn't get an amen but I'll, I'll amen myself amen those fiery trials those they leave scars don't they Sometimes, just because you're being scarred does not mean that, that, that that isn't somehow working for your good. You know, in some areas of our lives, we're pretty tough nuts to crack. You know, and, and we need the we need scarification process to happen. Not, not, not for the sake of scarring us, not for the sake of hurting us, not for the sake of being abusive to us, but our loving gardener knows that, that for us to receive the moisture and for us to germinate so we can be fruitful, abundantly fruitful like he wants us to be, like we desire in our hearts to be, we're gonna, he's gonna have to buff us. He's gonna have to, to, to scratch us. He's gonna have to scar us a little bit. Amen? So we got stratification and we got scarification. Man, this is not a jump up and down do backflips and scream hallelujah message. Nobody, who wants to be scarred, man? (laughs) They're like, why he got to preach about that? You know, why I got to get scarred? But that gives me insight as to how we can rejoice, how we can have joy in the midst of those fiery trials, because they're producing a good work. They're producing. Uh, uh, God is doing something to, that, that will lead to our development, our growth, our maturation, and our fruit bearing capability. And so I don't rejoice because of the scars. I rejoice because of what the scarification can produce, can and will produce. It requires a paradigm shift. That means I can't. That means instead of me having my mind always in the warm weather months, I need to be focused where I'm at and what God wants to do in me and through me where I'm at. Because there's a process at work here, and if I don't partner with it, if I don't cooperate with it, I'll miss it. And when it's time, when it should be time for me to bear fruit, I'll I'll remain dormant not because he doesn't love me it's just that I didn't allow the process to work in me does that make sense talk about scarification I want you to turn to Luke chapter 22 my old buddy Peter Man, I love that guy. Luke 22, verse 31. I got to thinking about this scarification process in this story. The Lord would just would not let it leave my mind. So I said, you know what? You must want me to, you must want me to share this as part of that. But, um, I'll start at verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Now, this is Jesus talking. Satan has desired, you know, he came up to me. He asked me something. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants, well, he wants to put you through the strainer, boy. He wants to put you through the ringer. And I can imagine Peter said, all right, now you rebuked him, right? You know, you know, you're not going to let him do that, right? You got my back, don't you, Jesus? But Jesus said, what did he say? But I have prayed for you. Yes. That's what Satan asked and Jesus prayed for me. Yes, I'm good. He said, well, not too quick, Simon. I prayed for you that your faith not fail. What? So Satan says he wants to sift me, and your response is, "Go ahead. I'm not going to protect him from it. I'm just going to pray that as he's going through the process, his faith doesn't fail." Hmm. But you, you think about that. It's like, wait a minute, Jesus. Where's the love in that? I think, how many of you think Peter is probably one of those, probably one of those guys that needed that scarification process a little bit? How many of you think he's probably had a little, a tough, he was a tough shell seed? <laughs> you know, he was, he was a little thick-headed at times. But I, uh, 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 <laughs> I love him to death, man, because I see a lot of my own boneheadedness in him. Gives me hope. But he said, I prayed for you that your faith not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Now, I'm not gonna beat up on Peter, because I'd be a hypocrite to do so. But Peter reflects my I think a problem that I have had over my life and I think a lot of us have had, you know, we're not always we don't always have a good self awareness of just how far we are will how 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 seriously we're committed and how far we are willing to go. What we say we'll do and what we do when we're facing a fire ain't always the same thing. I'm just saying. I'm sure Peter felt strongly. He wasn't lying. He wasn't sugar holding in his mind. In his mind, he's like, look, you know, i face death. I'll face a firing squad. I'm not scared. Bring it on, baby. what happened exactly what jesus said what happened satan sifted him you know it wasn't just when when jesus was taken and 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 those people heard peter and saw peter and say you know what he i think he's one of them and peter was denying him that was part of that sifting process that jesus was telling him about he was in the fire what do you say now? Uh, do I deny him? Do, 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 do I admit that I am one of his disciples? Uh, am I really ready? Uh, uh, what do I do? And all of a sudden the mind shuts down and, and all of a sudden courage went out the window. And next thing you know, I don't know him. I don't blankety blank know him. It says that the third time, He put a little added extra emphasis on that. Yeah, a little, little sailor's language. And how many of you know that left some scars? If you go to John 21 real quick, you know, Jesus revisited a uh, Greg uh, beautifully preached one time, never forgot that message, you know, about... By casting nets and, and, uh, the, you know, Peter and the guys, some of those who were fishermen, they went back to what they were doing before they met the Lord. They were down in the dumps, weren't catching a thing, they were just out there. And Jesus comes along, uh, starting in the 15th verse, says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Now, I think that story is typical of a scarification process. Peter failed. You know, he thought of himself a little higher than he ought to have. It happens. The same one who got the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. The same one that, when asked, Do y'all want to leave too? He said, Where else can we go? But you have the words of life. This was not a man that did not have revelation. This was not a man that didn't know Jesus. And yet we're not immune to denying him, are we? And yet Jesus comes. I think that's significant. He asked him, he denied him three times. Jesus asked him if he loved him three times. And I believe that that kind <clears> of, <throat> that kind of tweak. Peter's heart because, you know, the two are connected in that way. That redemption comes full circle. Now, Jesus wasn't being mean to him. Jesus wasn't trying to embarrass him. Jesus was, was fully redeeming him, you know. He was taking him through the full process of his failure and he was healing those scars in the process. Hey, you got a scar. That's going to leave a memory. You're not going to be able to forget this moment. You're not going to be able to forget that failure. That scar is going to be a constant reminder of that. But I have redeemed you. I love you. Now I'm going to turn that failure into something beautiful. Now, what did you... Uh, I'm going to change that question. Peter this guy who failed, this guy who denied the Lord, this guy who who Jesus is talking to right now, who was the first one that preached on the day of Pentecost? Preached for about what? Three minutes. 3,000 saved. Now that's the anointing I want. That three minute, 3,000 saved anointing. It transformed his life. He started saying stuff when he was threatened. Look, man, do what you want to do. But as for me, uh, us, we cannot help but speak the things we have seen and heard. He learned from that situation he grew from that situation you know he had to go through that scarification process for him to get to the point where we see him in the book of acts where we see him in the new testament on fire for god a warrior for god doing awesome and mighty things in the lord he fell but he got back up again he was scarred but he was made whole again and 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 he and it took him to a, a depth in his relationship with the lord and he really got to a point to where he was not even afraid for his own life. I'm not even sure I'm there yet. As a matter of fact, I would probably doubt it. But I want to be. And I don't know what it's going to take for me to get there. And it's a scary prospect of what I might have to go through to get there. The Lord, Thy will be done. There's another process, I won't get into it in detail. I think it's pretty self explanatory, but there's another process called soaking. Again, hard shell seeds, and they have to be soaked so that the outer shell can be softened so that moisture can get to inside the seed so it can germinate as well. You know? And I just think a lot of times in those winter seasons in the Lord, There's got to be some kind of a hard shell there that God is working on. And maybe he wants us to soak in his presence. Maybe he wants us to learn to soak in the spirit. You know, maybe he wants us to learn to do those things that will soften those outer shells so that he can reach in. And germinate those seeds that he's the seeds of righteousness that he's been planting in us. You know, Lord, I want to grow in grace. All right, I'm going to have to do a work to germinate that seed of grace in you. I planted in you. Lord, I want to grow in patience. Lord, I want to grow in love. Okay, I'm planting those seeds in there. We're going to need them to germinate. This one's going to require some scarification. This one's going to require some soaking. This one's going to require some stratification. And you know what? It's just going to be one wild ride for you. But it's going to be worth it. Amen. And that is his objective, our fruitfulness. Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Jesus said in John 15, verses 16 and 17, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, say last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Colossians 1 verses 9 through 12 says for this reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you we continually ask god to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the lord and please him in every way bearing fruit say fruit In every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of life. It makes it makes a lot of sense when you look at it in those ways. Everything he does, man, he's conforming you into the image of his son. Everything he does, he's doing so that you can become more fruitful in him. So you can grow in grace, grow in love, grow in the knowledge of him. And And that growth requires certain work be done for the process to run its course. Some of that work ain't so pleasant. I'm sorry, Miss Kane. That's my English teacher. She probably would cringe if she heard me talk like that. And finally, I will share Romans 8, verse 28, a very popular scripture, a very well-known scripture. And we know that in all things, I want you to say that in all seasons. All right? And we say it with me, and we know that in all seasons God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I don't like winter. But I'm going to have to learn to respect the process of, and what winter can what winter can do and work in me. You may not like winter, but you're going to have to respect the process. Instead of having our eyes focused on the next season, the one that we'd rather be in. I'm going to encourage you to just rest in the Lord and say, Lord, what is the process? What is? I, I'm here, and and, and it's cold, and, and and it's and it's bitter, and it's miserable, and it's evoked certain feelings in my soul. I, I, I I'm tempted to whine and complain, and 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 all those other things that aren't really going to get me anywhere, but. But, Lord, I don't want to do that. I want to magnify you in this situation, in this season of life. I want to exalt you in this season of life, Lord. What would you have me do? Let Make me to see how you're working. Let me understand the process so that I can cooperate with that process, and your word, your work, your will, your purpose can be worked in me. Amen? So I just want to encourage you with that today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you stand? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> Time is not an issue. Praise your Lord. I just want to give. I feel that someone or or, or some of you might need an opportunity. Not necessarily to be for me to lay hands on you and everything, but feel like you just need to make a statement. You need to make uh, a, a stand and, and, and a stand of faith in the eyes of these witnesses. And I'm going to ask you, you know, to step out of your seat and ask you to just come up. And what you're going to be saying, I feel like some of you have been are in a w- winter season. Some of you are newly in that season. Some of you, it seems like you've been in that season forever. And, and and some of the things that I've been saying that I the my, my bad attitude in those in, in that season, maybe you can relate to that, and maybe that spoke to you, and maybe that's where you've been. And maybe you've been in that winter season and you haven't gotten any benefit out of it because of it. Well today is your day is a day of salvation for you. You can make a declaration to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, the winter season might not change today, but my attitude changes today. So if you're in a winter season and you want to make a declaration that you're going to cooperate with the Lord in that season right now, I want you to come on up and just and make that an act of faith and do that right now in Jesus name. Hallelujah. We just make ourselves available to you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's not about what we want to do, Lord. It's not about the season we want to be in. It's about the season, it's about the season that you have placed us in and why you've placed us in that season and what work, what needful work you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your obedience to the Lord. Thank you for your hearts. Hallelujah. 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 oh hallelujah just give it to him just express your heart to him those of you still in the in your seats and everything just lift these lift, lift these precious people up just stay in an attitude of reverence and respect toward the lord hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these men and women who have come today, Lord God. I, I, I thank you for their hearts, Father God, their hearts to, 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 to pursue you. Their hearts are crying out to you, Father God. I thank you that they are yielded to you, Lord, and they want more, Father God. They are holding themselves accountable, Lord, and they're saying, Lord, I haven't had the right attitude in my winter season. I've been too focused on what I want to do. I've, I've had my clicker in my my hand father god and i've been trying to change the season but father god i i renounce that way right now i give up on trying to change the season and father i decide to rest in the season that you have me and i decide to cooperate with your work in my life in jesus name and father i thank you that you are blessing them as a result father god i declare the blessing of the lord on them lord in jesus name hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. I just declare that this act of faith that they're doing right now, Father God, the attitude change, the, 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 the paradigm shift, Father God, is what was needed for them to germinate. And I just believe that germination is happening right now, Father God, and they're being set up Hallelujah. They're being set up, Father God, for a season of abundant fruitfulness, Father God, in Jesus' name. Their season is coming, Father God, when what is going on under the surface is going to be made manifest above the surface. And there's going to be blooming and budding, and there's going to be fruit, and there's going to be life teeming in their lives, Father God. I just declare it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, again, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the process that you are taking us through because you love us. And we thank you, Father, and we confess that we trust you. We trust you in and through the process. We love you, Father, because you first loved us and you have our best interest in mind. And I thank you, Father, that this is a body that does trust you and that is willing to cooperate through the processes that you want to take us through to become more like you. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.